Welcome to Uncut, the Makers Podcast, with your hosts, Alice, Atia, and Juliet. Hello, and welcome to Uncut, the Podcast for Makers. I'm here today with Juliet and Alice. How are you both today? Hey, I'm doing very well. Hi. Hi. So, how's your week been? We've had a bit of a funny week, actually. So, we had to do a COVID test for the first time. Yeah, my youngest, Max, he had this really, or still has this really awful cough. So at first we were like, oh, it's just a nursery bug, it's fine. And then we kind of thought, oh, what if it's not? So we went and all got tested, which was fun. We did one of the drive through ones. <laughs> so oh, I had yeah. to like clamber in the back of the car and pin Max down to do the <laughs> test, which he didn't enjoy. But we we're all negative, so that's fine. But yeah, it was oh, just, we obviously then had to isolate for a couple of days. Mm. And then he wasn't feeling well anyway and didn't want to do anything. So we've basically just been indoors all week. Yeah, so. it's kind of one of those things where you're like, oh, should we, shouldn't we? And then you're like, okay, no, we really have to do this. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't take any chances now. So, yeah, that yeah. was... Okay, well, so at least you're all negative, which is good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Atia, yeah, how are you? How about you? Yeah, I had the vaccine, actually, this week, which was... Yay! It was fine, actually. Uh, I had it done at work, so they just... Our workplace is a COVID vaccination centre for South East London, so... They were like, okay, we're doing it today. Do you want to come along? So I was like, okay. And it was completely fine. It didn't hurt whatsoever. And then the next day, I couldn't lift my arm up. It was so painful. Ooh. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Some people say that if you've had it once, if you've actually had COVID, then you get worse side effects with the vaccine. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Apparently the second one's even worse, so that's good to know. <laughs> Not to oh, so important off. to do though, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I heard that one of the doctors was saying that she did one of the old old people at the care home and he just slumped over and groaned and they're all really worried. He's like, ha, joking. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 That's very funny. Yeah. How about you, Juliet? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's been a good week, actually. Much better than last week. We've been doing a lot of remote teaching and learning. So Olivia's been learning at home and well some days and I've been teaching at home and at school having oh wow it's a lot to juggle yeah it's a lot it's actually a lot because we've got live teaching sessions going on at different times of the day and she's got different learning sessions at different times Mm. of the day so it's just it's been interesting but I mean just been positive and yeah it's been good I've been getting very crafty this week as well Mm. (laughs) oh that's good really busy making this week actually I feel like um, my mojo came back this week mm-hmm. so yeah Yay. it's been good oh that's good yeah. what, what you, you, made you did a batch <coughs> sewing session yeah. didn't you yeah I did I did okay so our last no two or three episodes ago I did say that I was wearing a white Bakerloo blouse and I'm wearing that same white Baker I'm wearing that same Bakerloo blouse what now it's a yellow Bakerloo blouse <laughs> I dyed it yellow because and we had a bit of an accident in the wash and yeah rather than putting it to the side I decided to dye it yellow yeah it looks I love so it. good yeah it looks amazing in yellow actually thank you, thank you. that's a good tip for anything white that you ruin you can just dye it another color so Mm-hmm. I never, I never actually make anything in white because I'm always worried that I'll ruin it and be devastated. So I'll try <laughs> that. Your dinner down it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. I actually haven't been making any. I haven't touched my sewing machine since I made that mint dress, which was I think before New Year's. 
So really, what yeah, I don't know why. I've, well, I've been knitting quite a lot, but also I feel like I've just got so many other things that I need to get done. And mm. I normally don't get like that. I'm like, oh, forget that. I'll just I'll do a bit at least. But I think I just need to get started again and then I'll be back to speed. Mm. But I think you once you take a, a break, yeah, when you take a break, then you, it just seems to take ages to get back into it for some reason. Yeah, you're right. There's other things you need to do. Yeah. You're right. And that's the reason why um, whenever I get that, when that streak comes, when I get that, you know, when I get my mojo back, I just go for it and get lots done Mm. within the time because I know that when it goes away, I won't feel like making anything at all. Mm. But you've been knitting, which is great. Yeah, I've nearly finished my jumper now, which is quite exciting. So I'll be wearing that soon. This is the really hairy one. I think it's something like two meters wide. So like, well, no, it can't be two meters wide, maybe like one and a half meters, but like I can literally like lay it sort of to be the full width, like cover my legs, like to <laughs> use it as a lap so blanket crazy. as well. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, today we've got a really lovely guest, someone that we've all been following on Instagram for quite a while. <laughs> it's Kate. So hello, Kate. Hi. Hi, Adria. Hi, Hi. So Kate Hi, runs Kate. Instagram account, Kate runs Instagram account at time to sew. And we asked you to come today, obviously we just want to have a general chat as well, but also to learn a bit more about sustainability and how that can affect us all as sewists as well. Mm-hmm. So would you like to just give us a quick introduction to yourself first? Yeah, sure. Thank you firstly for having me. And sustainability is obviously one of my favourite, favourite topics to natter about and I can do it all day long, so I'll try and keep it short today. <laughs> but in terms of about me, I am an Australian import into the Netherlands via the UK and my day job is now in sewing. I've been sewing for about 10 years now and it was mostly because when I moved to the UK, I didn't have my mum to hem my trousers anymore. So (laughs) I had this 30 pound sewing machine from Argos and I hemmed my trousers and I suddenly thought, you know, I could do this. So I went to Central St. Martins and I signed up for a course called Made to Measure. And the first thing I tried to make when I barely knew how to use a sewing machine was a pair of trousers and I had to draft my own pattern as well. Whoa. So you can imagine that was a complete disaster. That's yeah, a <laughs> steep learning curve there. That's quite a baptism of fire. Like, yeah. I hemmed some trousers, then I went to St. Martins. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know like what the shape of trouser pattern pieces looked like. So I actually had like wings at my hips. Um, the tall because the hip curve was was way too big so um so yeah I really felt sorry for the tutor who was teaching me and obviously a few others there but yeah since then I, I sewed a lot I've done a lot of courses and I started at Sew Over It with Julie who was a costume maker and she did bridal as well she's one of the pattern makers for Sew Over It and she had a lot to teach me and then I spent all of my money and time at Central St Martins again you know, doing courses on either sewing or fabric production or sustainable fashion. And I also did some couture and tailoring. So, yeah, I'm just really into trying to improve my sewing to be the best that it can be. So I'm really focused on my finishes. I really try and sew and cut super accurately. um, Mm -hmm. And that's just my way of doing it. Because by now I've got so many clothes that there's no need to, you know, people talk about gaps in their wardrobes. I don't have any gaps. There are (laughs) no. so if you're doing it then it's doing it for because you know it's crafty it's creative and I really like it and and I decided that yeah my aim was to do things the best that I can do them Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's lovely I really like how you show like the insides of your makes and you're so meticulous with your finish like it's, it's incredible so neat oh thank you I appreciate that yeah I do spend a lot of time like I said on on accuracy and 
I guess I'm happy that, you know, once you passed the beginner and intermediate stage, then it's a lot easier to, to cut and sew a bit more accurately. It was funny this morning, we're just redoing our kitchen at the moment and my husband, he put a knob on one of the kitchen drawers and he said, I think I've got it dead in the middle. And I said, I think it's off. And he said, no, 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 it's dead in the middle. So we took it out and measured it and it was off by a centimetre. So, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> You know, it's the it's the eye of someone who's been sewing for a long time and looking at that kind of detail that uh, you get, you yeah. get to see these things. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's that. Okay, so what got you interested in the sustainability side of sewing? I've always loved fashion, which is kind of hilarious to say because I'm not a particularly fashionable person. But I was really interested in the whole fashion supply chain and fashion business and mostly textiles as well because... At some point, you know, when you're looking at sewing patterns and you're thinking, what should I use? Do I use cotton? Do I use linen? Do I use viscose? And then somebody thought, actually, what is all this stuff that I'm using? And so I study fabric production. And with that comes the kind of the sustainability angle. And in all of that learning, I think what, you, what I can sort of say, I mean, I would love to work in fashion, but I don't have the chemist skills for that and just look to do, you know, fabric technology. But what you can say is that there's just no right answer. There's no you know, you can't say one fiber is definitely better than another. It's not possible. There are indexes and stuff that look at that. So they could say, you know, from cradle to gate when it goes out the door, but it's very hard to measure what a consumer will actually do with, you know, a said garment, for example. So you can say that polyester is actually more long lasting than cotton if you're, you know, looking at the wearability. But mm. then if you want to talk about natural fibers versus synthetics, then that's a different story altogether. So there's nothing actually right or wrong that everybody can agree on at the moment so in that case it's more about you know fiber production and and thinking about what what you actually do like to wear and what do you want to sew with Mm, yeah is there anywhere that's really good to so say if someone has no idea about this kind of stuff is there one kind of go-to resource for you for if i was like what actually goes into viscose sorry the short answer is no (laughs) (laughs) There's no reliable source because there's an index called the Higgs Index, the Higgs MSI, Material Science Index, I think it is, which again measures, you know, a bit of production and, and, and looks at the cradle to gate when it actually goes out the door to the consumer. But what it can't do is say, Alice, are you going to wear this 10 times or are you going to wear this 50 mm. times? Are you going to wash it, you know, five times a week or are you going to wash it, you know, once every whatever, whatever? Mm. So even though technically the fibre you know, might be, might be sort of more okay or less so, more okay than, than another fibre, what they can't measure is, yeah, what the consumer does with what it. What do you and then do with it? That's difficult. I mean, when you talk about viscose, the only kind of direct substitute, and it's probably one of the only ones with a direct substitute, would be Tencel. And Tencel is, it's the trademark name used by Lensing, which is the company, and you might have also heard of Lysel, which is Lysel. the generic yeah. mm-hmm. the generic brand. So that's kind of a direct substitute for viscose. But from what I can see on the market in the sewing space, it's really hard to get the same variety of nice prints and things in tensile than you can get in viscose. Mm. So in that case, I'd rather you choose the more beautiful print in viscose because you really love it and you really want to wear it rather yeah. than choosing something else because it might be more sustainably produced but doesn't really, you know, rock your boat in all the same ways. Mm. So... so- yeah, hard to say in that in that sense. So is rayon is rayon a viscose then, or what? Rayon, is it another thing. Rayon is the American term for viscose. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, we we had that conversation when we were speaking about, I can't remember what it was, but it was last week, wasn't it? Where we were speaking about one of our sponsors who had those types of fabrics. And I was a bit confused about rayon and viscous, but thanks for clarifying. I I don't know why. I think I somehow had the impression that rayon was like superior to viscose in terms of Mm. quality. But I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's really the same thing. Uh-huh. What I will say as well is that um, it's quite easy to be confused about the type of fibre versus the weave. So if you talk about satin, satin is actually a weave, it's not a fibre. Mm-hmm. Ah. So in a plain weave, for example, you would talk about it's like a lattice. If you make, I don't know, a pie or something with pastry strips, then that's called a plain weave. It's mm-hmm. one, one thread up, one thread down, one thread up, one thread down. But if you talk about the satin weave, then it's at least mm-hmm. three or four threads up and then one down, and then three or four up, and then one down. So it makes the surface a bit smoother. Hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, that kind of thing as well. So, yeah, you can talk about, yeah, satin weave is probably the one that comes to, to mind at the moment. It's a weave, it's not that, yeah. yeah. Not, and twill is also a weave. It's a diagonal pattern in the weave. It's not fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I was going to ask, at what stage in your creative, like your creating journey, your crafting journey, or sewing journey, <laughs> Did you decide to actually like study or not study, but look really deep into, you know, the sustainable angle of the fabrics that you were choosing and the actual things that you were making? What stage? It was probably about three, no, four years ago when I had my son, because after he was born, I was so excited to be able to, you know, make all the things that I'd previously liked to make. I think I made 27 garments in five months. And that was when wow. I was still sewing on my dining table and I had a six-month-old. And my husband was like, at some point, he was like, oh, there's another package, more fabric. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I was like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Do I and I guess in some ways, you know, I wasn't really thinking too much about the whole mental health aspect of the joy that it gave me to, to sew. But suddenly, mm-hmm. I was also thinking, actually, he's, he's a really tolerant person and you know, tolerates all of my not so nice qualities. But for him to say something, that was really quite new for me, to, for him to actually comment on something like this, since he was really always really supportive of my sewing and stuff like that and crafting. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, it really kind of made me stop and think, actually, maybe this is mm-hmm. not okay as I, as I thought it was. I mean, having said that, last year I did make 63 things. Half of them were work-related, but that was still, you know, 30 leisure type sews because I felt like it. <laughs> again whether you yeah. say it's good or bad or whether I've ever even moved on from that I don't really yeah because really yeah. a lot of people who stumble or maybe learn how to sew get super excited oh my goodness I can make all these different things and you right. just buy 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 without actually mm. thinking I must say like someone like myself I'll just buy all the Ankara fabrics that I would see <laughs> and without thinking about you know the source of it without thinking about you know whether it was good quality ones or whether it, just because of the print and the colors, I'll just buy them all without actually thinking deeply about it. But I mean, the past two years, I've become a bit more mindful about the fabrics that out, you know, the ones that I'd actually go for. Yeah, but I mean, I thought I'd ask that question because I know a lot of people who so who get super excited by all these different things, and four four years down the line, they're not really interested in wearing those things mm. anymore. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I get a lot of stash stress as well. And my day-to-day sewing buddies know all about this because I'm constantly like, oh my God, you know, and sometimes I just, 
I also feel like even though I'm not really into something anymore, I just can't let go of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the problem that, you know, I've got these pieces of like black and navy PK. Is that how you say PK? You know, the textured cotton? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought it as part of a kit a few years ago and never made it. And now I don't want to make it. But I'm kind of like, I just can't let go of this. Because mm. what I want it one day or mm. maybe do something with it one day or just, just, mm. just what if, you know? I mean, there's never going to be a fabric shortage, right? There's always never. There's <laughs> always going to be the new one, the new designer. Yeah, yeah, right. But at this point of my, in my life, I'm interested in particular things that I wasn't, you know, 10 years ago when I first started sewing and I really wanted to make all of the novelty prints and now I'm kind of anti all novelty prints. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I might go back to them later. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm not bothering to join in with Make Nine anymore because within one year, my tastes completely change, let alone 10 years. So, yeah. And if it's your hobby, then do what you feel like when you mm. feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think it's really easy for people who sew to feel like we're exempt from the sustainable aspect. You know, people always look at ready to wear and might look at, say, Primark and stuff I'm like oh it's so bad but I make my own clothes so I'm sustainable but actually if you then look at all the fabric you've got in your stash and where that came from and yeah like we're saying stuff you made and then aren't wearing mm. it's not necessarily sustainable at all is it mm -mm. Kate we had a lady last week oh no she was two episodes ago actually she spoke about well we're speaking about decluttering and letting go of the things that we have in our spaces our crafts spaces and she spoke about the mental attachment we've got emotional attachments we've got to our things and being able to let go and you touched on that um, connection you've got to the things that you've made you know you know you know the journey through how to learn a particular skill and then applying it and creating something and then you create it and you just don't want to let it let go of it do you ever find yourself in that sort of situation and do you let go how do you Okay, when you finish with that, then you ask, I've got another question. When you do decide to let go, what do you then do with those garments that you've made that you want to let go of? Yeah. First, I just, can I just mention for a moment the whole idea of um, how you're getting rid of something and, and letting things go. I'm much easier to cut up and refashion things I've made rather than ready to wear that I've bought. Yeah. And I guess part of the reason for that is that if I've made something, chances are that there's been some kind of adjustment to it, mm. right? And I mean, I'm not a, I don't have the body shape that means I have to make a lot of adjustments, but there are still quite a lot of tweaks, just, mm. just minor here and there. And so if you want to donate that or give it to somebody, it actually makes things, can make things a bit more difficult for them to fit. So I'm much easier for the things I made just to cut it up and use it as another twirl. Or as you say, you know, can I dye it? Can I patchwork it for, for something, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And yeah, I think it's difficult to let go. It's really mm. difficult to let go. But these days, because I sew so much, I sew a lot for other people as well. And it's easier to choose things that are less fitted, of course, for fitting purposes. So especially if you're not, you know, seeing and measuring and being, you know, all that for, for someone else, then it's easier for me to think, okay, I'm going to make this for a particular person. And then you make it, you treat it, you know, with love and then you send it off and it's on its way. And then that's that. So that's good too. It's easy in that sense to, to let go. But my own closet, I mean, sometimes I also look at things mm. and think, this is terrible. I need to get rid of it. But then, yeah, I just don't. It just stays there. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're all guilty of that. But I mean, you're not afraid to kind of talk about controversial topics on your Instagram. <laughs> controversial? Yeah, I try and keep it, you know, reasonably open to conversation. That's how I try and approach it. And I look at things from a lens of how I feel about it, because I don't think it's helpful at all to be, you know, judgmental on other people. And it's not nice, of course. So if I'm going to talk about stuff, then yeah, I just talk about how I feel about my own practices and what I'm doing. And then if that prompts other people to think about what they're doing, then, you know, that's great. Mm, Yeah. I think there was one where you talked about whether our practices are really sustainable in terms of buying. So I think the topic of whether... You know, the over-consumerism that happens sometimes in sewing community is just as unsustainable as other types of practices. Quite an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I think at some point for myself, like I said, I made that 27 things in five months after I was able to fit into, you know, non-pregnancy clothes again. And if I compare my sewing behavior to my ready-to-wear shopping behavior, then my sewing behavior is a lot worse in terms of the stuff that I buy rather than my ready-to-wear behavior. And mm. you know, I sew a lot more than I would ever buy ready-to-wear and that I have ever bought ready-to-wear. But the only option there, if less is best, is then to stop sewing. So you can't <laughs> do that. Yeah, so I think that if I'm going to keep sewing, then I need to be really clear to myself about why I'm doing something. And if other people, you know, who also sew a lot and start being concerned about their wardrobes, then maybe this is something to think about as well. So, you know, why are you making something? And is it because everyone else is making it? Mm. Is it because I really want it in my wardrobe? Is it a statement or is it basics? Or is it because, simply because I want to improve my sewing technique? And yeah, I think it's so easy to kind of get caught up in the, I want to make the next thing, I want to make the next thing, which well, isn't sustainable in terms of like for the planet, but also just for yourself financially and yep. for your own well-being. I think it can kind of be a bit of a catch-22, can't it? But Yeah, I mean, I've read recently some people who are uncomfortable with the amount of product that, that big sellers produce and that they sometimes feel because they're not producing as much. So I think, I know you did that episode with Lena on the dark side of social media and, you know, this whole comparatitis, et cetera, et cetera, which is also not really a good thing. Yeah, it is really easy to get caught up in the social media rigmarole and I'm certainly guilty of looking at things, not, not guilty, but, you know, it happens that I look at things and, and I think they're really beautiful and I immediately want to make one too. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes it happens, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, but there's no real right way for me to, I think, for, for anybody to approach this. You just have to do what's, what feels good for you and be really self-aware about what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. Mm. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's really important. Mm. Being able to snap out of that, you know, you find yourself going down that rabbit hole and you're like, shake yourself out and get them, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's really important. Otherwise, yeah, it's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable. I think the other thing I'd say as well is that, you know, a lot of people get hung up about what they're buying and how much they're buying. But if you're thinking about what fabric to buy, then I would always say go with the fabric that works best with whatever you want to make mm-hmm. because there's so much greenwashing out there. And as I mentioned before, you know, the whole issue of fibre sustainability is quite topical with no particular right answer. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to make something, then just choose the thing that's going to be, that's going to work best. Don't 
look at the, you know, labels that say, oh, this is eco for whatever reason, because chances are it's probably not very eco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd be looking at it completely the wrong way around, actually. I think you've really turned around how I think a yeah. lot of us need to think about because I was always like, oh, do I need to look at secondhand materials or, yeah, ones that say they're green? Mm-hmm. But then actually it's more about what you do with it afterwards because if I'm going to wear this people have dresses they wear for 30 years yeah that's totally sustainable yeah 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 so rather than rather than buying and buying and then maybe thinking about what you're going to make with it decide on what you're going to make and then buy the fabric and know that this is definitely what I'm going to use this for Mm. isn't it yeah. And get good quality stuff. Good, uh, yeah, and make sure it's something that you actually are going to get a lot of um, wear out of. Because I also, also, you find people who make things that you just wear the one time and that's it. Mm. <laughs> or there's an event coming up, you make one mm. thing and you know you yeah. won't be wearing that again. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. There's that whole phrase that, you know, the most sustainable clothes are the ones that are already in your wardrobe, aren't they? Because, mm. yeah. you know, mm. Yeah. And I also don't really feel the need to make everything. I know a lot of people want to have a lot of, you know, 80% handmade or self-made or 100% self-made, but I don't really feel that myself. And I love a bit of secondhand. Vinted is like my favourite platform, especially for, you know, like knit sweaters and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Can you knit? Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> I tried to crochet something and I think I got stuck within the first row, so I put it away immediately. <laughs> Oh, can I ask? I've got this question, actually. So which do you prefer, the pattern making process or the actual garment making process? Which would you choose? I choose the garment making process every time. (laughs) (laughs) I think pattern making is simply about, I think my pattern maker friends would say it's about body geometry and being able to understand principles and proportions. Yeah. Stitching is a completely different skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Mm. not a skill I have. Yeah. Uh, and construction is another different skill. So yeah, yeah, I really yeah. construction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so speaking about quality fabric, we have a wonderful sponsor this week. We have Somi Sunshine. So I know a lot of you already know Somi Sunshine. A lot of our listeners will know them. But yeah. shall we talk about some of our recent projects or anything that you've that's caught your eye from them? Yeah, so my most recent make actually is with fabric from Somi Sunshine. It's Pigeon Wishes fabric and I made the I made the Bakerloo blouse that we all made together. Yeah, I love it. It's so it's such gorgeous fabric. Yeah, mm. brilliant. Like really bold print. But also, yeah. I've got some things talking with sustainability. Some dresses that I made years ago with fabric from Sami Sunshine, and they're still going strong. Fantastic. So they stood the test of time. Yeah. Seeing as we're speaking about fabric, and I'm on a fabric ban, fabric <laughs> buying ban, I've been looking at other things on Somi Sunshine's website. She stocks Harriet's, the owner, stocks some beautiful haberdashery, and I've got my eye on some pair of, pairs of scissors from Somi Sunshine. <laughs> and yes, I know she stocks some LDH scissors. Yeah, I've got them in my basket. I haven't bought them yet, but I've got my eye on them. Yeah. Which ones are? Are they the dressmaking scissors? Dressmaking scissors and the snips. They're some beautiful, they're aesthetically pleasing snips <laughs> I saw on Romana's page, and I want one of those. But I haven't bought anything yet, but I will be bl- buying very soon. 
Mm, yeah she's got good haberdashery hasn't she and all the labels and everything yeah it's, it's always nice to so I always do that actually because I'm on a fabric ban as well so like when I'm not looking at fabric then when you need that little fix then you can look yeah. at bu- buttons or you yes. know the other bits and pieces the labels and things yeah buttons. <laughs> yeah so oh, definitely oh, sorry, I was going to mention that Harriet also stocks dead stock fabrics as well mm-hmm. yeah some beautiful yeah. Yeah, she always has Mm. amazing dead so I've got I bought one from her because her fabric moves very fast so when there's something really good as soon as she posts it on Instagram it will be gone so I bought this really nice pink cotton which I'm also planning to use for a Bakerloo blouse from her mm. um, oh you're making yeah, another so one definitely check out I will be yeah so I'll be making that for it's a spring blouse because it's kind of like I don't know how to describe it. it's like a kind of textured cotton mm. but like a kind of almost like a waffle sort of texture maybe Ooh, but nice. with with little cherries but the cherries are they look like they're embroidered on but they're kind of like you know that puffy paint type thing that you see yeah do? yeah it's a, they're a bit like that but they're cherries very tiny ones in mm. that fabric oh so, my gosh i totally yeah. forgotten about that puffy so i think that would be stuff. really nice in a bakerloo blouse Mm. yeah so definitely check out so me sunshine listeners so her website is so me sunshine.co.uk and her instagram is so me sunshine.uk okay so it's been really interesting talking to you kate today would you like to just tell us where people can find you on social media yeah, my blog is time to sew.uk and my instagram is at time to sew <laughs> you've got some real I really love the way you show that like your images and you show you actually show lots of detail as well and sometimes you show the insides of your garments and that's really it's nice to see that on people's feeds as well yeah yeah thanks so much for thank the time you to talk very much for being with us today you've been listening to uncut the podcast for makers thank you all for being here and we'll join you again next week bye, bye.